Hello! From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. As we gear up for the election on November 3rd, we're spending the month highlighting politicians from around the world and throughout history. It's vital that we look back and appreciate the people who shaped our present, in good ways and more complicated ones, especially as we think about who we want to elect to shape our future. Today's politician was the first black woman to run for president of the United States. She ran on the communist ticket, stating that she saw racism and class injustice as symptoms of the capitalist system. Let's talk about Charlene Mitchell. Charlene was born in 1930 in Cincinnati, Ohio. Both of her parents were born in the South and migrated North. Charlene's father, a laborer and railroad worker, set a precedent for his daughter's activism. He became involved in local politics and later joined the Communist Party. From a young age, Charlene had the spirit of an activist. She says one of her first brushes with protest came at the age of seven. She was tasked by her ill mother to bring a basket of items to her father, who was at the time in jail. She transferred several buses before arriving just before the end of visiting hours. When guards declined her entry, she demanded they let her in, until finally she got to see her father and hand over the basket safely. While she was a child, Charlene's family moved to Chicago. There she grew up in the Cabrini Row Houses, a racially integrated public housing project on the near north side. It was in this same neighborhood that Charlene took part in one of her first experiences with organized activism. She participated in a sit-in at Chicago's Windsor Theater to end segregated seating. In 1943, at the age of 13, Charlene joined the youth wing of the American Communist Party. By 1957, she'd been elected as the youngest person ever to serve on the party's national committee. In the 1950s and 1960s, Charlene became one of the most influential leaders of the Communist Party. She helped to develop connections between the party and African-American labor activists. She also introduced leaders to a wider ideological lens including political theories of the Black diaspora and Third World. She cultivated an international political perspective, traveling to and making lasting connections with Communist Party leaders in London and South Africa. In the 1960s, the American Communist Party began to lose its already limited influence, but Charlene remained an important political figure. In 1968, she was officially nominated as the party's candidate for president. The nomination made her the first black woman to vie for the role. Still, this landmark was not recognized as an achievement by most mainstream media. Because Charlene was running on the Communist Party ticket, she was never going to be a huge success. I think our vote will probably be small uh, for many reasons. One, that we will not be on the ballot in many states because of uh, the election laws, uh, which uh, for one reason or another have anti-communist uh, uh, laws uh, where communists cannot get on the ballot. Much of the media coverage seemed to belittle her run as a symbolic gesture. The Chicago Tribune, for example, printed that her nomination was a move to dramatize what the communists perceived to be the nation's major discontents. Charlene's campaign set up shop at the Frederick Douglass Bookstore in Boston. Her run had a fairly limited reach. She was on the ballot in just two states. But Charlene saw her run as less a numbers game and more a matter of engaging the public. 
She said success would come in the form of presenting the communist platform to Americans as a means of solving some of the problems of the nation. Specifically, she sought to demonstrate that many of the nation's social problems were byproducts and mechanisms of the capitalist system. She's quoted as saying, replacing white capitalism with black capitalism isn't going to solve the problems of poverty. The problems of poverty are rooted in the nature of capitalism itself. Charlene's campaign, though short-lived, created a network of connections between various activist causes. She helped connect the anti-colonial and black liberation ideologies of the 1950s to black feminist movements in the following decade. In 1971, she also spearheaded the campaign to free Angela Davis from jail. Today, Charlene is still connected to the activist movements and communities she helped to create. Her presidential campaign marked a first in the political world and paved the way for other Black women politicians, like Shirley Chisholm, to run years later. An activist since birth, Charlene has consistently challenged pre-existing structures throughout her political career. All month, we're talking about politicians. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. And follow me directly on Twitter at Jenny M. Kaplan. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow. Before we go, we need to talk. The 2020 election is here, and we want to make sure every eligible voter has the information they need to register to vote and to cast a ballot. We are teaming up with Rock the Vote to help you register and to make sure you have the resources you need. Don't wait until the last minute. Check out Rock the Vote's resources now to make sure you're ready and signed up to get any election-related updates at rockthevote.org. Your voice is powerful. Did you know that you're the biggest influencer of your friends and family? It's true. So take the time to talk with them about the importance of making sure their voter registration is up to date and share these resources with them. Go to rockthevote.org for more. Together, we have the power to decide our future.